Welcome to our podcast. I'm Keith Loy, the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. And it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. I just want to take a moment, um, and if you will, just hopefully this will encourage you, but it's really more of me just stopping for a moment to express not only how cool God is doing in and through you as a people, but just the power of what we can do together. I think many of you know that we are part of uh, this Feeding South Dakota. And uh, I, I think in a world where when something like a pandemic hits that happened several years ago, our natural tendency is to be like the world. That's just our natural tendency. And so when everything kind of changes and we think about the economy and the first thing we do is we pull, we pull in. That's just what we do. That's a natural human, okay, reaction. It's not a God reaction. Because the moment we do that, what are we focusing on? We're focusing on the temporal and the carnal. Thinking somehow, okay, we got to get through. We just got to get through. And what did Jesus say? I got you. I'm bigger than a pandemic. And so I say that because, you know, we teach the importance of giving here. We use the word like tithing. And I know that some people right now, the moment I say that, some of you are going, oh, here we go again, which is so weird for me. It's just so weird for me that people get offended by something they don't do anyway. That's just weird for me. Like, here he goes again. What do you mean here he goes again? You don't do it, so what do you care? You know what I mean? And, but I believe it's a biblical teaching. I think it's very clear. But why do I say all that? Because this year, this church, Feeding South Dakota, wrote a check out. I have a letter here from the CEO that just wanted to personally thank, thank us because this church underwrites the entire thing and it goes up like every year. And this church wrote a check for $49,200 to make sure kids are fed. I, I just, I want you to grasp that. I, I really want you to roll your shoulders back and just see how incredible this is. That we're in together what we're doing that we just want to make sure, we know that a pandemic happens, but we stop and go, hey, but we're being what the Bible says. Think about the orphan. Think about the poor. In this church right away, we just keep being faithful. And I'm just so proud of you. I, I just, I want us to really grasp that. Um, I love being a church like that, that we always think about others. Um, I, I also want you to just, you know, hear my heart. You get to do that every week. If there's anything that you need from me, let me know. Uh, I'd love to add to it. I'm not going to turn into a giant commercial, you know, but I, every week on Friday, I just give you a weekly update and I want you to hear from me, your pastor, just some little highlights, what's going on uh, and what's happening. And so uh, I try to just throw little things out there and then I just try to focus on one thing, if you will. I'm really big right now on our marriage and family ministry. I'm just so proud of them. Uh, I love the fact of that. You're going to hear a lot more in the months ahead about that. Uh, especially specifically men, because I, I just, there's just nothing like a godly man. And uh, I, I just, we'll be talking more about that. But uh, I hope that if you, if you want to hear from me, you just go to our app, go to our webpage. And every Friday, I just throw something out there just to kind of let you grasp a little bit of what's going around in the church and things that are happening. 
I, I just think that there's a power in communication and we're trying to learn that better because uh, I want you to hear my heart. One of the things that we talk a lot about here at the church and uh, I, years ago, I'll just start with this story. Years ago, I remember a gentleman and I'm talking years ago, a gentleman, uh, he, he'd come here a few times and I just happened to see him out in public and said, hey, just haven't seen you. And he said, I'll never go back to your church. And I was like, oh man, you know, what happened? And, and he said this, and it, it really took me, like, if you will, kind of put me back a little bit. Because he goes, I came to your church and no one said hi to me. And I wasn't trying to be sarcastic. I went, dude, you must've went to the wrong church. <laughs> like, like, when did you come? Like at three in the morning on Friday? I mean, when, when were you here? I, I, because I don't know how you walk in this building and someone doesn't say hi to you. I mean, I tell people all the time, like, the, we're piranhas here. You guys, like, you smell blood, and it's just like, woof, you know? And I, isn't that true? I mean, I, and so I was like, really? And I will tell you, I will never apologize when, if people come up to me and go, I'll never go back to your church. I mean, I came to your church and 20 people hugged me. And I'm like, you're welcome, you know? It's, I, I say all that because it's one of the things I just love about you all. It's just this, I don't know if you guys noticed a lot when the services are over, people just don't want to leave. It's just really kind of neat what God's doing among you. All I'm saying all that to say this, I want to encourage you. I want to pour gas more on that fire, especially in our world right now. We do a lot of things in this world. We're always trying to be politically correct and ethically correct. And I got to just tell you, there's just nothing about the power of a human touch. There's just nothing like that. And it's really becoming, if you will, void in our world right now. It's less and less. And so I want to encourage you, even after the service, don't be so quick to, to leave. If you've got to, look for someone you don't know. And I'm just telling you, just express, man, I'm so glad you're here. I, I just want us to keep raising that up because in our world right now, people really are looking for that. They just are. I find that in crazy ways. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge hugger. Anybody like me? I mean, I'm just not huge. I'm all by myself. Okay, so, okay, I'm a, a, you all are great, great, obviously very intimate and affectionate people. Uh, that's good. Um, Reed has taught you well, okay? Uh, but, but I'm really not. I think because any of you guys know, I mean, I could sit in a deer stand for a long time. I love that. Uh, so I, I, I'm just, but I, I find myself even out in public, more and more hugging people. And it's like they're, they're, they just want someone to notice them. And so I, I want to say thank you. Let, let's just keep raising that up. Amen to that? Amen. 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 So lean over, touch them and say, settle down, settle down. Okay. I want you to look at the screen in a moment here. There's a quote out by R.A. Torrey, and I want to take us back to where we left off last week. But I'm going, to, I'm going to spend a little time here because this quote is crazy awesome. It is of highest importance. Notice how he puts the emphasis. It is of highest importance that we decide whether the Holy Spirit is merely some mysterious and wonderful power that we somehow get a hold of and use or whether the Holy Spirit is a real person, infinitely holy, infinitely wise, infinitely mighty, and infinitely tender, who is to get a hold of us and use us. That is a huge statement. 
The former conception, he writes, is utterly heathen. It's no different from those who idol worship, who have their little God and thus use. The latter conception is Christian. You see, if we think of the Holy Spirit as merely a power or influence, our constant thought will be, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? But if we think of him in the biblical way, as a divine person, our thought will rather be, how can the Holy Spirit have more of me? I want to read that again. If we think of the Holy Spirit, as many do, as merely a power or influence, our constant thought will be, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit? Which is really weird if you stop and think about it for a moment. There's a lot of you in this room, maybe haven't even settled that yet, and and it might be what's really the struggle. Why this whole issue, the Holy Spirit, is just something that, God, it just seems so foreign. I can't wrap myself around it because we have this idea it's some kind of cosmic it, this gut feeling, this supernatural conscience. But if that is true, here's a thought. Because I hear people say, I just need more of the Holy Spirit. What do you think you got when you got it? You think God just comes along and says, I just give out portions? When you surrender and die to self, you get the whole deal. And this whole idea, whether it's a person or not, is key. Because if we think of him in the biblical way as a divine person, our thought will rather be, how can the Holy Spirit have more of me? He goes on to write, the conception of a divine influence or power that we somehow get a hold of and use will always lead to self-exaltation and self-sufficiency. But if we really grasp that the Holy Spirit is a divine person of infinite majesty, glory, holiness, and power, who has come into our hearts and makes his abode there, takes possession of our lives and makes use of them, I can think of no thought more humbling or more overwhelming that a divine person dwells in my heart and is ready to use even me. I love that quote. I could almost just email it out to you and say, go home, let's just focus on that. Because I think Tori is so right that our thinking should not be, I need more of the spirit, but rather how can the spirit get more of me? Now, now here's what I think. I think the Holy Spirit has become underappreciated and greatly neglected. And because of that, it has been misunderstood. See, I think because of this, the church has been divided into two camps. One I call emotional fanaticism, that they spend all the time, all they do is emphasize the work of the Holy Spirit. The other are known for some strange, odd manifestations, which can lead to some very unorthodox, wrongful, and I think at times very harmful teachings, and yet all the while attributing it all to the Holy Spirit, and it creates crazy confusion, and it's to that that I want to talk about. I want to, if you will, I want to clear the air. This series is not a series where I'm going to take you into deeper water. There's a reason for this. Because I trust the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says that's what the Spirit will do. If we will seek, Jesus says, you will find. 
I will send, I will talk to my father. He will send back the Holy Spirit who will teach you all things. He will show you all things. He will guide you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Everybody look up here. That's not mine. I'm not the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. So I just want to, I want to clear the air. And if hopefully we can get rid of some of those misconceptions. So next week we can talk about the true connections. And, and, and so if you have your Bibles, I just want to show you something as we jump in from Acts chapter two, the beginning of the church, Acts chapter two, and whatever device you choose to be on, just so you know, I'm, I'm reading from the new living translation. People ask me all the time, you know, why do you choose different scriptures and that? And I think sometimes it's just because of the easy read without it becoming anything less than what was written. But notice that Peter is going to speak. He's the first pastor, if you will, of God's church that's now launched into the world, this community of believers. Acts chapter two, beginning in the 17th verse, he quotes from Joel, the prophet. So he's pulling back from many hundreds of years ago to speak, if you will, using the word of God to talk about what God's going to doing. And just as he's pulling that speaking in the moment, I believe the same is true today. And I want you to catch this because this is a factual reality. Here's what he says in verse 17 in the last days. And you hear people say this all the time. We're in the last days. Well then, okay. If that's true, then this is appropriate. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my what? Spirit. Who's going to do the work? God. God. I will pour out my spirit. Not trickle out. Pour out my spirit upon who? All people. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below. I love this. Uh, I love this. Go down to verse 21. And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Keep that in mind. I will pour out my spirit. So in cleaning the air, if you got your notes, take them out. I want to tell you a few things that the Holy Spirit is not. Is that okay? Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Say it with me. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Okay, look up here. How, how many of you have one of those family members? Yeah, some of you are like, okay, all right. You know what I'm talking about or who I'm talking about. Come on, Uncle Buck, Cousin Eddie, you know what I mean? All right. That one relative, not only who's twice removed, should be removed. Okay. I mean, it's like they met their wife at the family reunion in the hills of Kentucky. Okay. You know, with me on this. Okay. I, I want you to listen. I grew up in small towns, small towns in Nebraska. And, and every now and then someone would walk up and say, Hey, Keith, are you related to so-and-so? And you'd have that moment of pause. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, uh, <laughs> 
How about those cowboys this weekend? You know what I mean? You didn't want to, you didn't want to attach yourself. I'm talking about one of those people. All right. Now, now, by the way, some of you are sitting going, I don't know who you're talking about because you're the one. Okay. I just clear in the air. All right. You're the one everybody's thinking about. All right. But, but listen to this. I think there's a lot of people, whether they subconsciously or maybe just don't want to admit that's how they view the Holy spirit. Sort of like he's that weird uncle of the Trinity. There's not a lot of attention given. And yet they are equal in who they are, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit plays the most significant role for us today. And yet we just don't want to deal with that just don't get it. Folks, the Holy Spirit is not weird. I realize some of you might've seen some weird stuff in the church. That's not the Holy Spirit. Can I help you with what's going on? I'm going to help you with real simplicity. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. In fact, look at someone right and just own it and say, dude, you're a weirdo. All right. Just turn to him. Turn to him. We're, we're all weirdos. See, you don't want to admit it, but we're weird. See, see, I get, I get that we've heard some things that have been taught. Please hear this. It includes me, but we heard that from another weirdo. My Bible says we've all fallen short. And can I tell you something about weird people? They do weird things. They just do. That's why I share with you. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be your voice of biblical understanding. I'll share some thoughts, but I want to be a people that are in the word. And if we learn to be in the word and let the Holy Spirit have his way, we will be more united than divided. I promise you that. I'm not worried about that. I think sometimes as teachers and pastors, we think we got to help the Holy Spirit because we're so afraid that people might get it wrong. If you're really seeking God, you'll find him. And the Holy Spirit will do exactly what the Holy Spirit says he will do. He'll do it in you. He'll do it in me. And the Holy Spirit's all about unity. Folks, the Holy Spirit is not weird. In fact, you might want to write this down. Having the Holy Spirit is not some sort of spiritual intoxication. It's a spiritual transformation. And there's a big difference. Maybe you know this. Maybe it was you once. And I'm not trying to have you raise your hand. I'm not trying to exploit you. But having the Holy Spirit is not getting picked up for DUI. It's just not. You know, driving under the influence because there's a danger there. The Holy Spirit's not dangerous. You know, there's a story in the Bible called Pentecost, and it actually plays this out. It's when the believers, okay, we just read it. The believers are filled with the Holy Spirit. The outside world for a moment thinks they're drunk. In fact, here's what the Bible says. Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine because there was something about them. They just seemed weird, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. Watch this. 
Look what it says, verse X2, verse 7 and 8. But most of the people realized that the believers were speaking intelligently. Remember we talked about that? Now hold that thought. A person who's intoxicated is out of control. That's not attractive. I have never in my life met anyone who's around someone who is intoxicated and out of control said, I want to be like them. (laughs) Never. I've never, never met it. But a person who's of the Holy Spirit is in control. And I've seen lots of people say, I want to be like that. Why do I say that? Because the initial thinking was, these people are drunk. And Peter says, no, we're full of the Spirit. And 3,000 people came to Christ that day. When you're intoxicated, driven under the influence, it's not attractive, people. But when you're LUI, living under the influence, it's a game changer. Let me help you with this. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he writes this, the fruit of the spirit is. The word fruit is a noun. It's the subject matter. It's the focus. What Paul is saying is when you have the spirit, here's what it will look like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and finish the last one in what? Self-control. The spirit is in control. It's not weird. It's attractive. And yet we live in a very driven world. Have you noticed that? There's a lot of people who are DUI. They're driven. Driven for success driven in relationships, driven for accomplishment, and yet nowhere in the Bible is the word driven. It's called living. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not driven, you're living. You're under the Spirit's control. And my friends, it's attractive. Amen? Amen. It's not weird. When you see weird, that's not God. That's just weird people. The spirit of God's not weird. It's really cool. It's really cool. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. The Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is not progressive. What I mean is the spirit doesn't adjust to the culture. The spirit doesn't change with the times. It doesn't adapt to fit in. The Holy Spirit does as God directs. And I remind you, a God who changeth not. People go, well, the world's changed. Of course it's changed. You know why the world has changed? You know why the world continue to change? Because the people in the world are weird. They're not content. They're not satisfied. They're always looking for something more, pushing the boundaries because it's all about me. People are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not about you. God said it. That's enough. I trust him. Let me help you with this. This is a true story. On October 31st, 1983, remember what was going on older people in that time. 
Korean flight 007, which I find that interesting, departed from Anchorage, Alaska, a direct flight to Seoul, Korea. Unknown to the crew, however, the computer engaging the flight navigation system contained a one and a half degree routing error. At the point of departure, the mistake was unnoticeable. 100 miles out, the variation was still so small to be undetectable. But as the giant 747 continued to cross the Pacific, the plane increasingly strayed from its proper course. Eventually, it was flying over the Soviet airspace. Russian radar picked up the air, fighter jets were scrambled to intercept, and a short time later, October 31st, 1983, Korean Flight 007 was shot out of the sky over mainland Russia, and everyone on board died, all because of a one and a half degree routing error. Now hold that. I can only wonder how many of God's people say they walk and follow Jesus, but they're one and a half degrees off. So they justify their lives. They explain God's truth to fit their wants, their wills, and their woes all the time. Of course. I will tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is never gray. The Bible makes it crystal clear. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. How much is truth? Is truth 98.5%? He'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard from the Father. This is going to hurt, but I'm going to say it because I will continue to keep saying it. The word of God is Keith Loy's authority. Do I always get it right? I sure try to, but it never gets me wrong. And right now we live in a world where topics like sex before marriage, tithing, sacredness of marriage. There's way too much justifying, excusing, explaining, and defining for one's own preferences, wishes, and it's causing a great spiritual misrepresentation. The word of God is God's word. God doesn't give us nowhere for us to say, well, but compromise always ends in catastrophe when you stay on that course. The Holy Spirit will never vary at any degree from God's word. Never. 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 Let me tell you what happens when we use the Holy Spirit to mitigate our own wants and woes and we kind of make it feel like we want to make it fit. Here's the first one. It, dis- it disrespects the very word of God. You don't get to pick and choose. You don't get to tear pages out of the Bible. God knew exactly what needs to be written. I know there's people stop and go, how can you trust God's word? I trust God's word more than anything else ever. And the reason why is by the very nature that we even have it. 
People who've done their history or have done their homework know that when they copied the word of God to pass it to the next generation, every little letter, it was done by ink. They didn't have computers. And if any of the ink letter ran and touched another letter, that entire page was destroyed and they started over. The letters were counted not only each sentence across, line across, but in the very middle. If it was one space or one letter off, it was completely destroyed and they started over. That would happen for literally decade after decade after decade. The very way the word of God was passed on, I trust it with my life. But I will always say this, you don't have to, but you're trusting something. How's it working for you? That's why I say there's Yahweh or your way. If you get mad at someone in traffic, it's because you think you're God. You do whatever you want with it. Why? Don't they have a right to cut you off? You have your Bible. They have theirs. You're saying yours is better. That's why the Bible says, don't just love those who love you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who hate you and persecute you. We live differently because the words are authority and the Holy Spirit is the one who's showing us that authority, people. And when we do anything to compromise, we disrespect the very word of God itself. Here's number two. It ruins the people of God. It literally ruins. The prophet said this. He said, my people are destroyed for the lack of their knowledge because they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will convict us. We have more information than we've ever had in history and yet so little wisdom. Why? Because we're not letting the Holy Spirit teach us and to show us, to change us. We're to think differently. We're to have the thoughts of God. Here's the third. It prevents the blessings of God. Whenever we draw close to the landmines of compromised people, the Holy Spirit will send us a warning and say, whoa, it's called guilt. Guilt's a beautiful thing when we listen and obey immediately. But when we push it aside, we're actually silencing the very gift that God gave us, his voice. And if we silence the voice and we're just one degree off, we'll get shot down. The Bible says, as I'm holy, you be holy. We need the Holy Spirit for that to happen. Here, here's number three. The Holy Spirit is not a fear. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit is not a fear. It's not like a boogeyman that goes, boo, you know what I mean? It's, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is beautiful. It's not about scaring you. Look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy. God did not give us a spirit of what? God didn't. God did not give us the spirit of fear. And then he says, but it's not a fear, but of power. It's not a fear. It's of love. It's not a fear. It's of self-discipline. So I want to quickly ask you, DUI or LUI? You cannot be living in the spirit out of fear, but you'll always be driven out of it. In fact, let me, let me give you a little help with that. Don't raise your hand because I'm not trying to explain anybody. Have you ever seen someone in a store and you didn't want to talk to them? So you went down a different aisle. Do you know what that's the evidence of fear? That's the evidence of fear. Cause I would ask Why? Do you ever think that you get it perfect? I don't. 
Do you ever think that God avoids me and walks down a different aisle or he do that to you? No. So many people, they give out of fear. They look, they're so afraid. Well, I might not have enough. I might, that's fear. God's people are just generous because they know that God always takes care of them. People do their relationships. People go to work. We're driven. And when you're a driven person, it's because of fear. But God didn't give us that. He gave us a spirit of living. So let let me pull this verse apart. So imagine you're holding a flashlight. Everybody imagine you're holding a flashlight, okay? And it's dark out. And we know that scary things are in the dark, right? But the moment you turn the flashlight on, what happens to the darkness? It goes away. Just like that. We didn't get a spirit of fear, but of power. This is what Jesus said. The Father will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit of power that will wipe out the fear. Turn on the power. Because you got the power, okay? All right? But it's not just we don't have a spirit of fear, but we have a spirit of love. First John says this, God's love has no fear because his perfect love drives it out. Here's the deal. You'll never experience true love in fear. That's what God gave us. Not a spirit of fear, but of of love. I want you to have real love. I want you to experience the real thing. But then he says, it's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of self-discipline. And so I ask, are you driven or are you living? I'm going to invite Karen to come. And I want to help you with this. Do you know where all this comes from? Where the spirit seen as being weird, progressive, or it's fearful. Do you know where that comes from? It comes from the devil. See, I, I, here's what I think. Here's what I think happened. When all of the church gathered for the first time and the spirit of God fell, they literally turned the world upside down, people. We're in this room 2,000 years later because of what happened in that moment. God's spirit fell and they changed the world. And I think the devil went, oh boy, this isn't good. Like I'm going to be out of job. So see, here's what I think he did. I think he said, I got, I got to make this thing confusing because confusion leads to division. And when division happens, I win. So I think he said this, I think he went, I need to make the evidence of the Holy Spirit one thing. Because that teaching's out there. It's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you actually think that, but I'm going to show you something. There's a thinking out there, well, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. That's not biblical. It's not even in there. You're welcome afterwards to come up and show me but it's not in the Bible. Wait, ready for this? Is it one of the evidences? Yes, but it's not the evidence. Can I tell you what the evidence of the Holy Spirit is? All the gifts, all the gifts, but not just all the gifts. It's compassion and it's the power that comes out in love. Jesus said what? You'll know who my disciples are, not by how they speak. 
He says, you'll know who my disciples are, not because they have all the gifts, each one of them, and they work together. No, the Bible says, you'll know who my disciples are and how they love one another. And so the devil has come along, and guess what's happened? Churches start over here saying, nope, you're wrong, Pastor Keith. Yep, no, you're wrong over here, and they separate. And, and now the world watches people call themselves followers, and they're all divided. And I just think the devil's going, well, that was close. They might have changed the world. <laughs> this incredible gift called the Spirit. It's beautiful. Listen, the Holy Spirit never leads to distracting and self-focused religiosities. It's always about the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and living Jesus out. It's never about divisions or self-serving, but rather it's about peace with God and peace with others, always in Christ. It is never about fear, but a life of joy and fulfillment following his will. I don't know if you've ever noticed there are no counterfeit pennies. Has anybody noticed that? Like, I, I think if someone actually advertises and says, I make counterfeit pennies, I think, I think, like, I don't think the law would care. <laughs> you know? It's like, wow, yay. There's just none. You know why? Because they have no value. But there's counterfeit hundreds, isn't there? There's counterfeit twenties because we say they have value. But you know what I find interesting? I've never met anyone. I, by the way, has anybody ever had a counterfeit hundred or counterfeit 20? I, I have. I, I actually, it, it was in the offering plate. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> that was funny. Come on. That was funny. Okay. Anyway, uh, but, but no, no, I have, but watch this, watch this. I've never met anyone who's ever said these words to me. You know, pastor, I got a counterfeit hundred once. And so I just, I just don't deal anymore with any of the real stuff. I've never met anybody like that. Man, I've met a lot of people in the church like that. I went to the church and I was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Church is just full of hypocrites. Yeah, that's me. Yep. But it never makes me stop because I'm not chasing people, I'm chasing him. My ability to not be hypocritical is him. It's not you or me. And I see so many people, that's what we do with the Holy Spirit. You see something that just seems, ah, that just seems not right. It probably wasn't. But what's that got to do with the real thing? I want to know him. Everything about him. Even if it means I have to do it alone. Because with him, I'm never alone. That's why I love that you're here. None of us in this room, we've not arrived yet, but we're here. We're hanging out with each other because of the Holy Spirit drawing us, calling us. So listen to this. I'm gonna pray with you here and, and I remind you in those last days, God wants to pour out his spirit. He's wanting to pour out his spirit in this room. But you'll never get the right answers by asking the wrong questions. And so to me, the question is real simple. What influence have you been living under? 
Are you driven or are you living? Are you DUI or are you LUI? The answer is found in what you're willing to admit. This past week, have you been driven by past hurts, past mistakes, past goals, past ambitions, past desires? You can change that. We don't have to be driven with the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be living. You know, Clark Pinnock says this, the Holy Spirit is worthy of adoration. I agree. Where the father points to the ultimate reality and the son supplying the clue to his divine mystery, the spirit epitomizes the nearness of the power and the presence of God. The spirit of God, a living flame of love, yet celebrates the nimble, responsible, playful, personal gift of God. The spirit, God's face turned towards us, God's presence abiding with us, the agency by which God reaches out and draws near, the power that creates and heals. I'm going to ask that you'd bow your heads. And I'm just asking if you would pray these words in your spirit. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness. I release my sin. I receive your wholeness. I release my brokenness. I receive your fullness. I release my emptiness. I receive your creativity. I release my chaos. I receive your healing. I release my sickness. I receive your joy. I release my despair. I receive your rest. I release my striving. Come Holy Spirit. Transform my heart my mind, my soul, my strength, so that my life would become your life, a sanctuary of which the world would see you for your glory. Amen. I hope you will take what you just heard and apply it to your life. If you need prayer or simply want to connect with us, our website is celebrate.church. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We hope you listen again next week.